Now, today is Membership Sunday, and we're going to be asking some of you who haven't become members to do that today. And I always feel like when people do this kind of thing, they tell you all the reasons that it's so great here. And I wanted to be really clear, because my friend and colleague Christy Stewart, who will soon be the Reverend Christy Stewart, always says that clear is kind. And so this morning I want to start us off with ten reasons not to join this church. So there's some audience participation here. I'm going to invite you, when I, when I signal, to end each of my top ten lists with don't join this church. And you can shout that, you can jump, whatever you need to. So... My first reason that I think you should not join this church today is that if you're looking for worship that's exactly the same every week, that's following the same pattern and expecting you to mouth the same words week after week, don't join this church. If you want to learn just a few hymns and sing them every week the same way, for decades after decades. Yes, I like singing too, but I like singing forever too, sometimes. Um, but again, if you want to sing the exact same songs week after week, have the same kind of music, and you're going to sing the same hymns, that's really not what we do here. So don't join this church. We believe here in ongoing theological search for meaning. We ask each of you to challenge yourselves in thoughts, in ideas, in new ways of being, and new ways of acting. If you want to be told what to do and what to believe and what to think, don't join this church. Now, this is a church where all means all. All people are welcome. I want to be really clear about this. All people are welcome. All behaviors are not. So if you're coming here because you think we are so open-minded that we allow anything and everything, don't join this church. If you like to feel really comfortable If hearing ideas that might challenge you or stretch you or ask to sit in discomfort and really sit there maybe for years with something that is challenging you, if you're looking for a church that will leave you in the same place it was when you came in the door, don't join this church. If you believe all gender is binary, meaning man or woman, one or another, if you are sure the best families are led by one man and one woman, don't join this church. Mm -hmm. Now, locally and nationally, Unitarian Universalists are frequently in the headlines. We are often ahead of the times as for great things like being the first to ordain women or the first to ordain queer queer clergy. In fact, you might find we were the first to ordain out transgender clergy. If you are looking for a quiet church without controversy, 
I'm sorry to say that's not here. In fact, we don't always get it right because we run out there to do what's right for those who can't always speak and don't have as much power as the rest of us. But that's who we are as a people. So if you want a faith tradition that stays out of the headlines, don't join this church. If your desires for faith and community are ones that are fed by a long tradition of quietly getting along, sitting on the sidelines, kind of being Midwest polite all the time, I'm sorry, but this is not that. From the 1500s with Francis David in Transylvania to the transcendentalists among our forefathers, from our first women ministers, the prophetic sisterhood, out on the frontier, Unitarian Universalists were there. We were there in Charlottesville Unite, the right rally where we were counter-protesters to the white supremacists. We have hundreds and hundreds of examples of us being out there. So we Unitarian Universalists try to step up when others don't. And if you want a faith that waits, that waits to get along, that waits to see how the sides are sorted out, don't join this church. If you think your existence, your very comfort, your success in life is more important than others, and by others I mean if you think another life is of greater value than a child, than a black person, than a queer person, than a transgender teacher, or even an animal, or even the wind, don't join this church. And I could have gone on and on, but I gave you just 10. Unitarian Universalists have a living tradition, a living tradition. Our canon, our belief system is open. If you are looking for a creedal faith where we tell you what God is or whether God is and what it or they or all is not, if you're looking for just one book where every answer must come, you will not be very happy here because we draw from six sources to live out our seven and soon to be eight principles. So if you want it all written in stone, don't join this church. Fantastic. So we are celebrating membership and the membership journey this morning. And uh, now that we're worshiping with all ages in one place every Sunday, we thought if something is important enough to invite people to a Saturday morning session it's also important enough to lift up within our worship. So we're gonna take a couple of the activities that we would normally do in a Path Towards Membership class and do them right here, right now. And one of the most powerful exercises, though it's very simple, that we engage in when we talk about membership, it's called a spiritual timeline. And this is basically an autobiographical documentation of your awareness throughout your life of spirituality, religion, and issues of faith. And we're going to take maybe 
four or five minutes to just sit with this and think about it. And things that you might want to write down, and you can draw or reflect however fits your learning style and your comfort level, but things you might want to think about. Just writing down your first memory of church or your first discussion about God and religion. The first time you were aware that there were different faiths. Early questions you had, maybe some questions you still have. Different beliefs you've held over your lifetime, when and how they changed. Any churches or religions that you have been a part of. How you find yourselves here this morning. And finally, and maybe more, most importantly, what you hope to receive from your participating in Bradford Community Church Unitarian Universalist to the extent that you wish to participate. So by a show of hands, who here learned something about the person they were talking to? Who here learned something about themselves? Very nice. So I actually have a really good friend from, from my college years. His name is Josh. He's a brilliant musician and actually a, a therapist now. But he used to schlep hundreds of pounds of drums and amplifiers and other audio equipment for his band all throughout Boston in his huge white Ford SUV. He had two stickers on the large chrome bumper that was pocked and dinged with the remnants of years worth of parking in Boston. One read, yes, this is my truck. No, you can't use it to move. And the other one was, I'm pro-choice on everything. Now, long ago, I gave up my truck, opting now for more efficient and slightly snazzier modes of transport. So the first bumper sticker no longer has the same appeal for me personally, but I, like my friend Josh, remain pretty close to pro-choice on everything. But especially when it comes to questions about faith and spirituality. Now in today's day and age where consumerism has taken hold of our culture and we have more choices of brand of toothpaste than we do political party. It seems logical that church attendance and membership should be voluntary. Indeed, our very nation was founded with this choice explicit, limiting the government's powers to affect religion and the free exercise thereof. But not so long ago in human history, there was little choice at all when it came to religion. Throughout our Western culture and really much of world history as we know it, people had no choice. 
No choice in what God or gods they believed in, what ceremonies they attended, what leaders and doctrines they followed. People were part of the religion of their family, their government, their culture. And we, we changed all that. At least here in the Christian context and certainly in America, there were first, of course, the Puritans, known for the complete opposite of the choice that we celebrate today. They were, for lack of a better definition, Calvinists who believed in predestination, that idea that no choice actually exists at, at all, at least not to the degree that it makes any difference in a person's ability to achieve heaven in the afterlife. But this philosophy, which, which rooted so quickly in the shores of New England during the time of the first white colonies, was inherently flawed, or at least incomplete, in that it fostered and then supported a fervor that led ultimately to dozens of people being tried and executed for the crime of witchcraft. And as horrific as the hysteria that descended on Puritan New England was, the reaction to these atrocities a generation or two later, and the reaction to the conservative unilateral thinking that led to them gave rise to what we know as the Congregationalist Movement, which in turn gave rise to Unitarian Universalism and to the very presence of choice in religion at all. Congregationalism at its core affirmed the right of people to choose the type of church they attended and supported, to choose their leadership and the ministers that would guide them, and ultimately held that the individual church was the highest authority on matters of religion and conscience. Congregationalism also affirms the responsibility of all churches to each other and the greater faith movement of which they are a part. Now, almost 400 years after some of these foundational documents of congregationalism, contemporary Unitarian Universalist congregations continue this bold arrangement, affirming the independence of all UU churches and the responsibility we hold to other congregations through association and covenant. But as my pagan universalist poet priestess sister Casey once wrote, some people believe in a blue guy in a sarong. Some believe in a magic elephant man. Some choose a one-eyed gentleman with a magic arm ring. Others like the emo Middle Eastern man in the floaty toga. Some believe things are designed by a giant explosion or have faith in ones and zeros floating through space, particles turning into waves when you're not looking, and creatures so tiny no one has actually ever seen them. But if your beliefs make you kind and compassionate and generous, and if they increase your ability to help other people in real ways, then they are, by definition, correct for you. 
If they do not do these things, they are by definition incorrect for you. My sister continues, pick the dancing 36-armed hermaphrodite or the mysterious particles of string or the one who doesn't want you to say his name. I don't care if that system makes you kind and compassionate and generous. You're right. Now, what Casey is describing in general theological terms is, in fact, what we as a Unitarian Universalist congregation aspire to be, a community of seekers whose individual choice in spiritual expression and metaphor strengthens rather than divides our congregation and forever impels us to acts of compassion, generosity, and love. And how do we do this? What magic religious ceremony is required of such a mighty collective aspiration? We sign our name in a book. Now, as anticlimactic as that might sound, the act of signing one's name to the roles of this or any Unitarian Universalist congregation carries with it the weight of something even more powerful than dogma or salvation or even theology. It represents and it depends upon the individual act of choice. It affirms our Unitarian understanding that we are all united by a single source of love and our universalist truth that we are all deserving of and responsible to this love. And it depends upon our choosing to join not only this institution, but our fellow members along our journey. So whether you're like my friend Josh and me and being pro-choice on everything or not, I invite you to join us in our commitment of always choosing our affiliations, always choosing our faith, following our conscience, and always, always, always choosing love over fear. In doing so, we will all be living out the legacy of our spiritual ancestors and celebrating their gift to us, the simple gift of a choice. Maybe so. Blessed be and amen. Well, I told you everything this church is not, and now I'm going to tell you what we affirm. Unitarian Universalist congregations affirm seven principles which we hold as a strong value and moral guidelines. We live out these principles within a living tradition. That tradition is of wisdom and spirituality, and it draws from sources as wide and diverse as science and poetry and scripture, art and personal experience. The six sources our congregations affirm and promote is the direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness of the forces that create and uphold all life. Words and deeds of prophetic people which challenge us, challenge us to confront powers and structures of evil and oppression with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love.
Wisdom, wisdom from the world's religions, which inspires our ethical and spiritual life. We rely heavily on Jewish and Christian teachings, which call us to respond to a divine source of love by loving our neighbors, all of them as ourselves. Humanist teachings, which counsel us to heed the guidance of reason and the results of science and warn us against idolatries of the mind and spirit. Spiritual teachings of earth-centered traditions, which celebrate the sacred circle of life and instruct us to live in harmony with the rhythms of nature. Reverend Kathleen Rowland said, throughout history, we have moved to the rhythms and the mystery and wonder, prophecy, wisdom, teachings from ancient and modern sources, and nature herself. As we reflect on the seven and soon to be eight principles, I want to share something I've adapted from Michael Schallis' work. The inherent worth and dignity of every person is our first principle. We affirm that most honored principle in our whole association of Unitarian Universalists by working really hard at learning how to be a place of radical welcome. We do not get it all right. We are trying and often being the first is challenging. But we keep trying because we affirm that the dignity of every single person when we value them and allow them to bring their whole selves, their whole selves into this space. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations is how we address our second principle. When our speech, our protest, our letter writing, and our personal actions go about challenging injustice and inequity that we see and experience in the world, we are acting out our faith. We are called to do so with compassion. We step in to speak for those who may not have as much power as we do. The third principle, acceptance of one another and encouragement of spiritual growth in our congregations. Everyone here is on a spiritual journey as referenced in the spiritual timelines you are doing. We try to choose our words carefully. And sometimes to do that, we have to sit in silence, to step back, to let others lead. We deeply contemplate our individual beliefs. We encourage others on their chosen path by intentionally acknowledging the rainbow of people and talents and gifts and beliefs needed to make a rich Unitarian Universalist faith canvas. Our fourth principle is the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. How better to affirm and promote free and responsible search than to provide a marketplace for those who are searching to share the fruits of their quest? We try to bring you that in all different forms of worship and affinity groups. The fifth principle is the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and society at large. We honor free speech and free press, and we do so by creating covenants in our groups, in our congregations, in our leadership. When repressive regimes seize power, speech is the first freedom they try to crush. 
We're seeing it every day. When people rise up, it is because they are emboldened by free speech. The goal of the world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all is our sixth principle. And I'm going to say it again, all means all. We continually work to make this a welcoming place for everyone. This is our challenge, to broaden our sphere of influence, to build a community outside of these walls, and to make our movement irresistible. The seventh principle is my favorite because it kind of draws them all together. Respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. We are intimately connected and profoundly dependent on one another and the systems of this earth. Not the least of which is that we need one another. We need the infusion of new ideas, of new ways to think, that helps us better understand ourselves and our lives in this universe. And I keep putting in a pitch for the eighth principle which is on the table. We as a people of faith are journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build diverse, multicultural, beloved community in our actions that are all accountable to dismantle racism and other oppressions. That's why we're doing the Transforming Hearts Collective Curriculum. That's why on December 15th, we're having another meeting, and we talk about the ways that race and gender and other forms of oppression interact. This is our faith. And for those of you who've been here, I continue to welcome you. And for those of you joining today, I welcome you to this. We need you. In times like this, we need community. We need protest partners. We need sign makers and letter writers. We need artists of our faith. We need your help to make this movement more beautiful, more fun. We need your gifts and your resources. You, you run this church. You pay for it. You pay the salaries. You pay the heat bill. You make this place what it is, and we need all of you. Because together we are stronger. Together we can pull one another up. Together we are beautiful. Amen. So now is a moment we've all been waiting for. I invite anyone who feels so moved to come and join the roles of Bradford Community Church Unitarian Universalist to please come forward as you're able, right in front of the joys and concerns uh, basket and the chalice fountain. I also invite Carolyn Felt, our board member and membership chair, forward. And I will invite all of our congregation to turn to your insert the opposite side of the one that's now filled out with your spiritual timeline and uh, turn to the membership litany. I invite the already signed book members of Bradford Community Church to read the members of Bradford UU section. We will read it together. As members of Bradford Community Church Unitarian Universalists, we endeavor to grow spiritually, to create community, and to do the work of love and justice in our world. Will you join us in this work and on this journey? Amen.
join us in affirming our mission? We covenant to seek spiritual growth, practice and promote peace and justice, explore and share our truths, and celebrate diversity. The stones in our chalice fountain are imbued with our joys and sorrows, hopes and fears, dreams and promises in order to share a little bit of our heart with yours, symbolizing our interconnectedness now and forever. As you sign the membership book, you are invited to take and keep a stone from our chalice. I will now invite Carolyn to help facilitate the signing of our membership book. Thank you all. We're also going to give you all new member folders that have all sorts of wonderful materials for you. All of the rest of us, if you haven't met any of these fine people, please make a point of introducing yourself and your pronouns and engaging everyone in conversation, thus continuing to build our beloved community. Thank you all, and thanks especially to all our new members. One more. Well, congratulations to all the new members and for all of you who've been here for years and months. Let us take this time to rededicate ourselves to the cause of Unitarian Universalism, to look at how we support this particular space, whether that's through our donations, our pledges, our time, and our gifts, and know that every day can be a day of rebirth, a day of newness, and I hope that this becomes a sanctuary for all of you today and every day. Amen. Amen.